Welcome to the Making Lider Moves podcast, the show that brings powerhouse Latinas together to discuss the challenges our comunidades are facing and the moves they took to prioritize joy in their careers. Spoiler alert, but also no surprise, they usually found joy within their comunidades they built for themselves. On today's show, we are going to talk about financial and generational wealth con mi amiga y financial guru, Yoli Valencia. She's the author of today's inspired Latina life stories of success in the face of adversaries. She's also a speaker, portfolio manager, strategic finance planner, and a campeona for diversity, equity, and inclusion. She's also the owner and founder of Latinas Who Trade, where she empowers Latinas to reach their extraordinary selves through meaningful transformation by helping them embrace their money and financial journey, elevate their voice, expand their potential, and thrive through personal financial empowerment. Not only that, may I remind you once again that she is the author of today's Inspired Latina, Life Stories of Success in the Face of Adversary. Hola, Yoli, and welcome to Making Leader Moves. I am so, so excited to have you on the show. I know I spilled the tea on who you are, but tell us a little bit more about yourself and how did you end up in the financial sector? Was it your original path? Hola, Giovanna. Thank you for having me. And it's such an honor and privilege to be here with you. You're such a community powerhouse. So thank you for having me. Um, so a little bit about me. Um, I am a daughter of immigrants, born and raised in Chicago, and um, finance. I'm based in Chicago, so here we are, Chicago yeah. rep. <laughs> <laughs> and, and hey, they say nobody loves Chicago like somebody that was born and raised there, right? Oh. No one will ever love Chicago. <laughs> I feel that, right? <laughs> and um, so my original career path was not finance. Um, I think I just fell into it. One, I think you and I have talked previously about how untraditional my path was, right? Especially yeah. as somebody being born in the States and having that privilege, you know, after, you know, our parents migrating. And I didn't have anybody that I can say, you know, I knew what I was going to do. I knew, you know, the path that I wanted to take. I grew up hearing being the only girl that the only way out of my house was married, right? Married with a family, which mm. is exactly what I did because that's what I knew. That's what I was mm. taught growing up. Um, very machismo, misogyny, right? Oriented home. I was the only girl. It was all brothers. Oh and goodness. so... When I had my firstborn, I realized staying at home was not for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this staying at home mom, like, you know, getting married, I really thought like the path my mom had was going to be for me. Yeah. And it was like, no, absolutely not. So um, well, after she was born, I realized that wasn't the case. So I did... Um, go back to to school and mm -hmm. got my associate and became a paralegal and started working for um in public relations actually really and, okay yeah. and so then when 9-11 happened yes what's the first thing to go right the the economy started um suffering with the war and everything that was going on 
public relations, marketing. First thing that got cut, I mean, the, the company that I was working for was very focused on, on they actually went under. They were focused on, on uh, dot com. Okay. All of that started suffering. They went under. It took me a while to get back on my feet and um, I landed in banking. So okay. I can say that like working in the bank for 17 years was really where my career took off. And so 20 plus years in the banking industry, but even then I didn't have the the knowledge even while working in banking i didn't understand the importance of building wealth the generational wealth right oh absolutely and i feel like they definitely keep you closeted um my mom was in banking for about 25 years and that's so interesting because i didn't realize how aligned our paths were i don't know if i told you but i um graduated when like in 2008 so when like the first like what our big recession hit um, for millennials. And the first thing I did was also go into banking because that was like the only thing that was hiring. And I had just graduated with a marketing degree. Uh, yours was a specialty in PR. Mine was a specialty in advertising. And so that's very interesting that we both ended up in that realm. Um, and then my mom had did too for like, like I said, for more than 25 years, but they also kept her in the dark. Um, mm -hmm. And then you also have spoken about that. So, yeah. and of yeah. course they do. Yeah, and it wasn't, um, so I was in my 20s when I started mm -hmm. my career in banking and then stayed there because then I had my second and third child. I'm a mom of three. And it wasn't until I hit my 30s, my early 30s, that I was like, all right, I am a mom of three. By then, I was getting ready to return to school to pursue my undergrad while being a parent, while having a career. And I realized, like, there is no way that a nine to five it's going to afford us the lifestyle that we see others outside of our community have, right? Like mm -hmm. I want my children to have a, the education that I didn't have and the resources. There's no way. There's got to be more. So mm -hmm. that's what, what triggered me in my 30s to start researching. Like, all right, how do we, how do we, how do, how do the white man build, build their wealth, right? What are they yeah. doing? build their worth. And that's where, you know, I started. And then as I pursued my undergrad and my master's, I started to focus on, I want to learn more about finance. I want to learn more about investment because it's very different than, you know, working in a bank who is biased, who is just yes. pushing their products. Right. And so that's really what pushed me into it. And I know we're, we're often hearing, you know, Start investing when, when you're in your 20s or as soon as possible. And the reason for that is our children, the younger generation, I feel like have more access to money than maybe some of us growing up did, especially being first generation. And so it's important that we're, we're drilling it into them. Like I know I've been talking to my kids about money since, I don't know, you know, since they could understand money, like, hey, this is what we're going to have to do with your money. But, you know, with with my with the kids and with my experience, I never thought being in my 30s was too late. But I do get that a lot from clients. Right. Like, Which oh is a great. God. 
Yeah, which was going to be my segment. Um, and I kind of really, really want to focus with about that um, mm -hmm. on this episode because, you know, and it's true. And it's true, you know, like I remember hearing it in my 20s, like start now, you know, do. And it was like, first of all, where do I start? No, everyone's telling me to start, but I didn't. There was no, uh, there, I think there was Facebook, but there was like no Instagram. There was no TikTok. There was no mm -hmm. influencers. And then... I mean, when you're coming straight out of college or even in high school, like, how much are you really making? Let's just be honest. Like, yo trabajando at a jewel <laughs> or like Hot Topic, you're barely making like $8.75. And this was, again, like back in my teenage years or in my 20s. Um, and then it also goes back to when you are family bound you see all the struggles that are happening. So you always have to contribute to your household. So you're like my little measly, right? At that time, $300 paycheck that's coming in. Apenas le estoy ayudando a mi familia. I'm barely helping mm -hmm. out my family. And so now in my mid thirties, I'm 35. Um, before I had met you, like I was like, all right, it's too late. It's too late for me. Where do, again, where do I even begin? I see all of these influencers talking about start here or start there. And you're like, okay, but no, really, what is the first step? And it wasn't until I was able to one, become vulnerable with people and just be like, yo, like, I really don't know what the hell is going on. Um, but two, having people in the community like yourself and others that literally take us by the hand and show us what it looks like. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just really, really, at the end of this episode, want to give the Latina community hope to be like, just because you're 35 plus or because, you know, you're in your early 30s doesn't mean that it's too late. Like, you still have time. Time is not your enemy on this one. Mm -hmm. um, and you can still go. So thank you for like shouting that out. Thank you for bringing that out. And I'm so excited to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I do want to um, mention, you mentioned, you know, us growing up, etc. I'm going to age myself. But when I started doing my research, right, 10 years ago, let's say, there wasn't a lot of us in the community talking about the mm -hmm. We didn't have the Latinistas and the We All Girls and the communities that exist today. We didn't have Zoom. Like, you know, <laughs> Zoom was, 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 was an amazing technology wave that we all got on or got pushed on because of COVID, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's another thing. Like, there's so much great information out there. There's so many of us that saw, that already did the uh, trial and error, right? Mm -hmm. We did the trial and error. We, we learned from our mistakes and now it's like, all right, let's share this information with our community because they don't need to. So I think that's why there's that constant little, um, the constant that we're hearing on, you know, if you're in your 20s, start investing, start investing. Well, yeah, I mean, because we didn't have that. I wish at 20, somebody would have sat me down and said, hey, this is what you should do. Start now. Here's the power of the compound effect. If you start now, look at you. By the time you retire, you'd be more than a millionaire, right? You'd be, mm -hmm. And these, this is information there isn't, but also it's important that we highlight that it's never too late, right? Mm -hmm. there, there's a quote, one of my favorite quotes is, when is the best time to plant a tree? Okay. Time to plant a tree was yesterday because today somebody's enjoying that shade, right? Someone's enjoying that shade and the fruit coming from the tree. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's true. And the next best time is today. 
So, so, and it, and the same applies for, you know, your financial management, your planning is it's never too late. Um, I have clients that are in their late sixties, early sixties, late fifties, who have never even contributed to a 401k, uh, 401k plan, you know, no type of retirement fund. And with those, we might need to consider things differently. Mm -hmm. There are still opportunities for them to set something in in play, Mm -hmm. right? Imagine us, somebody in their 30s, it's like, oh my God, like you have all the time in the world, really, if you, once you start looking at how our Americans especially lack the debt planning and the resources and tools that are available for you to start planning and understanding that it's never too late. Um, and so I have a question about that because I know like when I was in my twenties and I, I kind of just talked about it, you know, like helping out La Familia or like having to get groceries. Right. So when I had left, I would probably only had like 150 and like, let's be honest, I was doing my acrylic nails. That's fine. Um, but I was always like, Oh, okay. I need to have X amount in order to even just start investing. I can't invest with the extra 50 bucks I had or the extra $20 that I had. And now it's kicking me in the rear, but it is what it is because Mm -hmm. again, like I I've started and I feel fine. I feel, I feel great about, you know, me starting, but can you give us a little bit more information on like, you don't have to be, Oh, I at least need two fifty to start. I can start today with like 10 bucks. Absolutely. Um, Whether it's stocks, trading right it you can look at um the 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 cheaper stocks where five dollars can buy you a stock um there it does require research to go into that but if you want to just stick to something safe a roth ira is investing right Mm -hmm. It's, it's it's doing an index fund and doing your research you can do um that's a great option. And you can open a Roth IRA as long as you are employed. So like I have my 16 year old daughter who just opened her up because I was like, there's no way you're going to be blowing your check. Kids <laughs> are making more than we ever made in at 16. Right. Yeah. Uh, like, and so on Jordans and it's like, I would rather you buy Nike stock than, than buy Jordans, but mm. that's an argument for another day. Right. <laughs> but that's true. Like, that's a great way to put it. Like, yeah, you can get the newest iPhone or like the newest tablet, but what if you do invest? Not like, do you really have to get those Jordans and, or can you just get like the $30 Nikes at the Nike outlet or like the $50 Nikes at the outlet and then put the rest in Nike stock. Like that's such a great way to put it. Yeah. A great way to reframe it. Yes. And there's a, those are important conversations that I think it's important for us to continue to have as a community, as a family Mm -hmm. at all ages. There's no such thing. You know, I, I have family members that are, you know, in their fifties that are worse than my kids when it comes to like managing their money. And mm-hmm. it's, so it, it's a need, right? And it's also a mindset. How do we mm-hmm. address our mindsets? And there's that aspect of trauma as well, right? Oh, 100%. As first generation, it's like, what is it that, that pushes you to the minute you see money there, you got to go spend it. And you're spending it on things that provide, yes, instant gratification, but it's short-lived. 
Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, you you have all these things that you're really not taking care of or don't really need when and not thinking about what this looks like, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you can play now and pay later, right? Or pay now and play later. Either way, you're going to pay. Yeah, so that's true. Make your choice. Which one is it going to be, right? And and it's that. It's that is so difficult. I feel it's an ongoing conversation that I continue to have within my family, within the community. Like, you know, think about what your future can be if you just take time to have a plan. We're not saying don't go buy your cafecito, right? Yeah. You're working hard. You want your cafecito? Absolutely. Yeah. Go but see it, Bad Bunny. There's no problem. Right. No, I mean, if <laughs> it's that your plan, go yeah. see it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. But it's important to have a plan. If you are not tracking every single dollar that comes in, how do you know what you're building? Mm. And if you're not tracking where you're putting it, how do you know what you're building? And we don't sure. come from families. You know, our families migrated here. We don't come from countries where we talked about the stock market. We come from countries. We're in a country where the financial system was not built for us. A hundred percent. Right. And so we don't talk about a financial plan. We don't talk about, you know, right. All your money ins and outs. Where, Where is it going? We don't talk about that. We just somehow as Latinos, when we need money, we come up with money. We are hardworking. But we also spend it that way because we lack the education and the literacy of the opportunities and understanding of, look, just put $100 away a month in your 20s, in your 30s, and, you know, you'd be set, right? And forget it almost. Yeah. No, it's very, it's very true. Um, It's very true. And I feel like, you know, it's always like, oh, Dios sabrá. You're like that's cool. Like, I'm not saying it won't, but I also need to be proactive. Um, And so that kind of jumps into the next question that I have. Name like the most, the top three most crucial moves that we should make now as in today to help build that wealth. Um, Like I know for me, what, what was one of mine was the budget sheet that you gave me. Um, and I'm not going to lie for like the first 48 hours. I was like, let me pretend that I don't see it. Let me just, uh, because I was nervous. I was nervous about the habits that I knew I had and I didn't want them to be thrown in my face. Um, which, right. Like, I mean, everyone has their own vicios, like mine is dollar yeah. five below. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like when I got on that sheet, I was like, girl, like every time you go into those stores, it's like, un 20 aquí, un 50 or just like eating at my favorite like food spot, right? Like even though it was once or twice a month, that added up. Um, and so I guess the question is like, what do you think are the three moves that someone can do today to help build that generational wealth, whether it's for themselves or for their family? Yeah. Number one, the one thing that I always bring up is let's talk about it. Okay. And I know, and and it doesn't have to be like, for me, I talk about it out in the public, but do I really turn around and talk about it with my family? Probably not because I know they're so set in their ways and they need to work on their mindset first. Mm -hmm. 
And coming from me, it's just, well, you know how family is. It's sometimes it's just, you know, bickering and arguing. And it's one of those where it's, it's one of those hills that I've decided I'm not going to climb. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's also when it comes to family, it's not until they really see everything you've accomplished. Mm -hmm. Hopefully it won't be too late, but that they're like, oh, my God. But not until then, not on, as you're going through the process. It's like mm, they're just waiting to see when are you going to fail. Right. And mm -hmm. it's up to us to really say, you know what, we're going to break the generational cycle. Mm -hmm. right? Just because they've done things always a certain way does not make it the right way. And I feel preach like, that though, because I tell right? that to my mom about a lot of things all the time. Yeah, it's like it's like it doesn't mean it's the right way. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's one, it's like don't be afraid to talk about money, let's talk about it. Before you know it, you'll realize that all of us are dealing with stress when it comes to money, dealing with learning, right? There's no like we weren't born with a chip that says this is the financial chip and we're going to input it in this person. It's like, we've all had to figure it out. We've all, you know, done whatever we need. We've all changed our mindset. I, at one point got into credit card debt. And to me, it was like, I need retail therapy. I need retail therapy. And then after I moved and um, started to realize Oh my God, where did I get all this stuff from? Like, I mm -hmm. don't talk to me about shopping. And I think also the pandemic, I was like, I'm not going to the store to deal with people. So that's been helping me in a way. That's one of the pros that came out of the pandemic. So talk about money. The next one is absolutely do a plan. Track all your expenses. I know some people don't want to call it a budget. Okay, don't call it a budget, but track. Track all your ins and outs all the money coming in and all the money going out because again if you're not tracking how do you know what you're building right sure. mm -hmm. and then the last one is you know continue to see ways how can you increase your income we live in a society where a nine to five is not enough right mm -hmm. um, and there are many different ways to thanks to technology to increase your income if mm -hmm. you're somebody that's great in producing you know digital design, marketing materials. I mean, I've seen people make crazy monies just by uploading templates on Etsy, right? So there's definitely mm -hmm. many different ways. Um, I know you said three, and then the other one would be if you already are employed, make sure that you are taking advantage of the, um, so that's number four, take advantage of the retirement benefits that your employer has. If you're being offered a 401k, make sure that you are well uh, versed in what those benefits are, what they're offering. Many companies offer a match. Do not leave money on the table. For example, my company offers 5%, so I make sure that I'm at least hitting that 5%. Because mm -hmm. if I'm at 5%, I want the 5% they're going to give me. It's free money. Yeah. Right. And then and if you're self-employed or they don't offer any of that, look into opening a Roth IRA. You can open it with as little as contributing $25 a month. I would challenge people to at least do 100 a month. Okay. Awesome. Love all of the tidbits and knowledge that we are getting here today. Um, here at Making Me That Moves, we love normalizing failure. It's kind of our thing to be a human being here. 
Um, so can you tell me a recent failure and how you kept focus on your goals? Uh, recent, I wouldn't say so much recent, okay. but one of the failures that has really, really stuck with me, and I actually just addressed this with a, a coach that I was working with was getting married so young. Okay. I think that up until now, it's been something that I've been carrying. It's been like the monkey on my shoulders mm -hmm. where it's what I knew, but I had resentment that I actually did it, right? Mm -hmm. um, often thinking like, oh my God, if I if I had been strong enough, like, like, like I would have known, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Who just had continued to pursue school because when I graduated high school, I actually had gotten a full ride to UIC. Mm. And it was never celebrated, never anything. It was just like, no. The, it wasn't the, even acknowledged. No, it wasn't even acknowledged. And those are things that I see as huge failures that up until recently, I've had to address and mm -hmm. get to work on that resentment that I had. Yeah. Because I saw it as, you know, I I didn't fight hard enough mm -hmm. against what I how I was being like. Mm -hmm. Right, or I should have known, and what this would have meant for my future, my kids. Right, had I fought a little bit harder, I probably would be a millionaire now, like full blown. And you know, and you start thinking about all the different th pathways that what could have been. Mm -hmm. And and I think in our community we have a lot of that. It is very important that we do take the time to address trauma because if we don't address it, we start accepting it and seeing it as I, it's part of the culture. It's not, it's trauma we haven't addressed. Oh, I, I love that. I love that. And that's true. But you know what? First of all, congratulations to you to stepping up and getting out of your comfort zone and facing that trauma head on because that that alone takes a lot of courage and vulnerability um, and seeing yourself on the other side. Yes, there's nothing that you can do about the time past. Right. Like even right. There's things that I wish that I would have done in my 20s that like now I'm like, damn. Um, but the beauty of all of it is that you do have three kids and you're letting them know that, yeah, marriage is cool. It's an option, but it's not the only option. And you can live your life how you want to. And the fact that you're breaking that and it ends with you, I mean, hats off to you. Like, un aplauso para Yoli, because that's a lot. That's a lot. And you know, you could have kept that cynical cycle and you chose to break it, to break it for your family. So we love, we love that here for you. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> no, I mean, and we could talk, we could make a whole podcast just on this, right? Um, um, we can, we can definitely have you back and we can talk about <laughs> it because I'm all, I'm all about it. I'm all about breaking the generational, um, the generational, some of the stigma that we have and the failures that we have um, within, within our culture. Um, so my next question to you is, what communities do you find helpful to break the stigma of speaking on wealth within the Latino or Latina community? Um, I know you have Latinas who trade, you have your own platform to help break the stigma, but are there any other ones um, that you would like to amplify or talk about that, ha that have helped you on your journey as well? 
Absolutely. So one that I'm very involved is the Latinista. Mm -hmm. And the Latinista launched, oh my goodness, I think it four or five years ago in Chicago, but they started in New York and then mm -hmm. spread out nationally. So they have chapters throughout. But I remember when the, the, the Latinista grant, the launch was going to occur in Chicago. Mm -hmm. It was the same day as the Women's March was happening across the US in all the major cities. I remember it was like a cold January day. And um, we there were so many of us that showed up to the launch and it just really highlighted what we've all been needing, right? Mm -hmm. this, this community of like-minded Latinas where we really wanted to empower and support each other and see how we can extend a hand to each other perhaps there's something I can offer you to help you and vice versa, right? And we, I, prior to the Latinista coming to Chicago, we hadn't seen that. Mm -hmm. And then fast forward to today, there's so many platforms, right? There's so many organizations you have, we all grow, right? We have the Latina empire, the Latina pro, um, there's just, I follow Suma, right? Suma, Suma yeah. is an amazing one. Um, a friend out in the West Coast, um, Say Hola Wealth. Um, there's just so many. And it's just amazing that this same cause has brought us together. So, you know, like Lucy from Say Hola, um, we just connected. I've done podcasts with her. We've talked about it. And she also does coaching and I think there's so much value in that. And then also just networking, right? Just mm. hanging out and networking. Our community doesn't like to network, right? We're <laughs> not when it counts. Cuando es para pura gozadera, right. we're the first ones there, dressed to impress, to the yes. nine. Pero yeah. cuando es de importancia, when it's of importance, super hesitant. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so that is very important. Like get out get out of your comfort zone, go and network outside of your usual community, right? Mm -hmm. I always say, if you want to be a millionaire, you better start hanging out with millionaires, mm. right? Who are you hanging around with has a huge impact on where you're going to go, right? What's that saying? Dime, dime con quien te juntas y te quien eres. It is My so mom true. telling me that as a teenager girl. <laughs> yeah, but it's true. It's true in every aspect. Um, where you want to go career-wise, what you want to build, it is it is very true. Which brings me to my next question. Um, where do you find your community to help support you? Um, and not just virtually, but both in person as well. Um, because like you say, you are who you hang around with. And I believe the statistic is like you become 90% of like the top five people that you hang out with. Um, and if it's not 90%, it's like 80, but I know it's really high up there. So, you know, obviously you're on your journey to become the first millionaire in your family. That's something that you've been very vocal about. You help other, um, Latinos within the community, help them reach to their millionaire goal. Mm -hmm. Um, and so where do you find the communities to support you? Because I think that sometimes is hard for us, right? Like you were saying, step out of our comfort zone. Um, and so, yeah, like there's a lot of communities that we might or influencers that we might see on social media but there's a difference between following someone and being part of something mm -hmm. right absolutely so actually the closest individuals that i'm with and 
they're millionaires. They're actually in the business. One of them is actually my boss currently um, in commercial real estate, and she relocated to the Miami area. So here I come. I come and relocated too, right? Um, Go where the money is. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And recently, there was there was a study that came out just this week. I think almost as recent as yesterday that said that Florida now hosts most of the U.S. millionaires. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yes. Well, because of the shift and the recent moves, like Florida has seen, I don't know, in the last two years, I believe they said close to three million people relocate here. Oh my goodness, that's a lot. Oh, it's insane. It's insane. But um, the reason I bring this up is because I think some one of the things that holds us back, it's not really getting out there and talking to people and building community and you know, definitely the platforms and talking about what you want to build and what you want to do. We come from, oh no, I'm not going to tell it. I'm going to stay quiet with what I want to do and what we're doing, right? But if we fail, nobody knows. But if we win, also nobody knows. And I think mm. that's the case in our community. And the other part to that is we, Very also, true, get, though. we also get held back by our family. The oh, a hundred percent. The fact 100%. that I didn't tell anybody. We did not tell anybody. Just my parents. Um, like, hey, I'm moving, but so I didn't even put my house like on like it was on the market, but we put no signs, nothing on it. I didn't want anybody to know. And we moved, but mm. once it got out, it was like, oh my god, because seduco and got her and. Yeah, she's too good for the family. I mean, I've heard it all. And it's like, instead of the, oh my God, we're so proud of her, you know? Like she she let go of that fear that the rest of us have and, you know, went chasing her dreams and is doing great, etc. No, it was like, oh my God, la creída, la esto, lo otro. And I think we need to address that first as we continue to work on building community, right? And finding those people that are doing what we wanna do. The other thing is let's not pigeonhole ourselves. And I think that's mm. another area that I had to work on where okay. as Latina, I was like, I don't wanna talk to white men. You know, mm -hmm. I have that like, I guess we can call it resentment too, that I'm working in an industry where nobody looks like me, right? Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of white men that I've white men that I've leaned on that have you know been amazing mentors and amazing advocates for for myself. So that's something that I've had to work with as as well. Like you know, not all white men are you know racist or or looking to be biased towards me or not, you know, selfish mm -hmm. about the opportunities that are afforded to people of color like myself. Mm -hmm. And so that's another one that it's like, I needed to look past that. I needed to look, let go of that, right? Yeah. Um, so what it sounds to me, like what we all have to get rid of as a community is the fear of el que dirán. Um, and that's el que dirán within your own house including your parents at times um, and including your siblings, but also your extended family. So if you're not getting support there, like, of course, you're going to feel even worse, like when you're 
trying to like move up and like trying to talk to strangers or like have the fear of even talking to them because you're like get it done if i don't know basic mm-hmm. right like like basic saving stuff or like right. like am i gonna look dumb am i gonna look foolish like i'm at such age but yet i don't know anything and i i used to have that i mean there's times that i still do like depends on the day <laughs> um but yeah. like sometimes like you literally have to sometimes give yourself a pep talk I speak to myself, like for myself. Um, and sometimes I do that. Like, I'm like, you know what? It's cool. There's probably someone else in this room who has the same question, but they're also scared to say it. So mm-hmm. you know what? Just do it. Y al, y al fin del día, when are, like, let's say if we're in a conference, like, al fin del día, when are you really going to see these people again? Like, right. you got to look out for you because no one will look out for you the way you look out for you. Yeah. So, yes please make it very clear and like make the presence known like I am a little scared I have a little bit of fear but you know what I can't let that consume me because mm-hmm. if not no I'm not going to be able to move forward no voy a poder seguir adelante um and so I think that's really really great um and I think you did it the way that you needed to do it for you right like you knew that you couldn't tell your family because you didn't want to hear the bullshit that was going to come with it. You knew that the las criticas, again, el que dirán, like they they had all of it ready for you if you right. were to tell them. Oh yeah. So you told the people that were the most important to you, which were your parents, uh the fact that they held your like that they were like the fact that they held your like don't tell anyone, um I think is amazing because sometimes our parents are like, "Well, we're still, we're still going to go tell someone else." And you're like, "No, that's like that then that's not a secret." Right. Um, so the fact that they were able to do that, mad respect to them. Um, and so kudos to you for doing what you needed to do for you and your family in the way that you needed to handle it for you to seguir adelante in your millionaire journey. Yeah. Yeah. And to add a little bit more to that, it's also untraining yourself in the calladita te ves mas bonita mindset that we mm-hmm. all grew up in, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was all hush hush or or and now it's like no let's talk about it and it was a white man that told me he he said all you got to do yoli is ask questions just ask all the questions you have a question just ask it there's no such thing as a dumb or stupid question just ask it and that's how you learn mm-hmm. um, asking those questions will help you to really get the information that you need otherwise if you're not asking the question, how are they how are they going to know? Mm. And the other thing he said was when you're asking the question, you're showing interest and you're actually mm. like, oh, wow, this person is. Um, I just had the doorbell, but hopefully they don't keep. I don't know who it is. I'm not. Expecting <laughs> <anyone>. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry that came through. Um, you know, asking questions is like you're really just showing the interest and you actually may be the one looking smarter the smarter person in the room, you're the one asking the questions, but we weren't raised that way. Right. We weren't, that's true. We were just like, you know, and that's something that I've had to really unlearn. And Mm -hmm. you know what, you're right. I'm just going to start speaking my mind. I'm going to start asking questions and I'm going to start sharing the information. You Mm -hmm. know, not long ago I was at, at a, at a dinner and I was talking to a, one of my girlfriend's husband and the husband was like um he was talking to me about his son and the son was um 
he's working and but he's not saving. And I'm like, you know what? I'd love to sit down with him and just talk to him about, does he understand his benefits? Does he understand, you know, all the opportunities? And my girlfriend who's that mom was like, oh no, he's got to figure it out on his own. And that just like blew me away. Like, and it just made me think like how many of us think that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, like, no, like too many, too many people think that way. Yeah. Like our Mm -hmm. children shouldn't have to figure it out. You know, if Mm -hmm. I already figured it out and I've learned trial and error, why would I just sit back and watch my kids like go up in flames? Like, absolutely not. Like, You know, don't take this path, do this, do this better. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So there's a lot there, a lot there that, we got to work on to be able to get out there and build that community to support us. And I will say that I found community in where I least expected it, right? Where it was friends, whether it was career, um, you know, the white man, um, it's been there, but we also have to be willing to receive it. And that's another area that I had to work on. Mm -hmm. It sounds, and it's, that's just a lifelong journey is just being able to receive and then just really, really dig, digging deep down and like seeing where the trauma even comes from. And then being like, it's okay to move forward in a different way that family has. Um, And so it sounds like you've been doing an excellent job on that journey. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So on every episode, we ask our guests to recommend a book for our leaders. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about the book that you have, um, Today's Inspired Latina, Life Stories of Success in the Face of Adversary? What yeah, is it so, so it's actually an anthology. Okay. So there are 10 volumes. Last oh. year, last year in 2022, volume number 10 was published. I'm in volume nine, so I'm a co-author. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it was the publisher, um, Fig Factor Media, owned by a close friend of mine, Jackie Camacho Ruiz. Not sure if you're familiar with her, but she's like, she just decided to create the space where individuals like yourself and I can talk about our stories, right? I, we all have a story to tell. And there's so much power mm-hmm. in that story. And that's what it is. Um, if you pick up, I read, I think I've read almost all of them. And um, very inspiring, very inspiring how there's so many similarities, but then also so many struggles that mm-hmm. are made up in our community. Uh, um, so I'll talk a little bit about my story was talking about um, my how I occurred, the experience that I that I went through and that that tipping point that really had an impact on my life, which was a person that tapped me on the shoulder and said, you have so much passion and you need to start getting involved. It wasn't until I started getting involved in the community and giving back that my career really took off because I was very Mm -hmm. heads down, coming to the bed, my work, focused on going home to my family. And, but, and I also talk about my experience when after my son was born, child number two, and every time Mm -hmm. I wanted to have a conversation with my manager who was Mm -hmm. a female, She'd be like, let me guess, you're pregnant. And, you know, these little um, 
microaggressions that we face yeah. even times from other women right and then and i share this in the book and also about when i did find out that i was expecting again my youngest and how i hid it like i used to hide under my desk like with the morning sickness and i wanted to hide it and i was already like but it's because all the microaggressions had built mm -hmm. up and the importance of somebody really um, supporting you and advocating for you. And as women, we should be doing that for each other. And it was men that had my back then and not mm -hmm. women. So I talk a, a little bit about that. And, and that's what you'll see a lot of these powerful stories that just, you know, you read it and you're like, oh my God, that was me. And oh my mm -hmm. God, light at the end of the tunnel and we can do this. So highly recommend. Yeah, um, I've heard of these stories and I've read about them in articles, but you're the first person that I've ever met that that I know that that has happened to. Um, and so what a like what a shitty experience to have, you know, like you're pregnant, you have to deal with so much stressors. And on top of that, adding the stress of not being able to glow, shine and just show up to your job, do your job um, and not do it probably to the best of your capability because you were just so worried about being caught like. Mm -hmm effed up on so many levels Absolutely. on so many levels um so we actually have time for two more questions on um, which i'm really excited about because this one i didn't put on um the questionnaire that i had for you but um going back into like savings and stuff um you had talked about how because i remember i had told you like hey i'm starting my own business like you know and when you first start off as your business like you're putting a lot of finance to back it up um, in it. And the revenue that you make sometimes like isn't what you had expected or sometimes is, is, is lower than what you had hoped for and anticipated for. You have told me like, and I remember I was really nervous. I was like, you know, how much, how much should I even put like towards the Roth IRA? Like, I don't know. And then I was like, I only make this, this amount. Um, I've only made X amount this year. And you told me like, wait a minute, let's like, let's look at your sheet. Like, let's look to like your debt to how much you make ratio. And then I remember you and that's where the hope came in where you told me, I see that the only debt that you personally have is your student loan debt. Yes, it's a big debt. But I have met people that make three times or four times what you make. And they are not like, they still don't know how to manage their money. Mm -hmm. um, and I've seen single moms of two who make 34, 45K closer to their millionaire journey than these people that make 150K. Um, I want to share, I want I want to bring that up. I want to amplify that because I think that also is a lot where the hope and the reframing of your mental state kind of has to imply. Like mm -hmm. just because you're not making the figures that you want or just because you're making lower figures than you know, Elon Musk or like, you know, even your neighbor who might be making like 150, 160 um, and you're out here barely starting your career, you know, and making 45. How do you how, like, I want to share that because I want to give people hope because I know you yeah. were able to give me hope. Um, and then just again, just talking about like the diligence of it all. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, thank you for bringing that up because it is very important in the conversations that that we have. Um, it's what society has taught us, right? Yeah. 
it's the steps of like making it right you go to school you graduate you graduate you're always thinking about the next the next the next instead of focusing very true on present and what is it that i have today right and it and it, it applies to everything right our careers and our careers go hand in hand with the money we're making so mm -hmm. we're so focused on oh my god when I get the next title, I'm going to make more money. And that's when I'll be ready to start saving. Mm -hmm. right? And I was it, that person. I was that yeah. person. And it really, that isn't the case. The case is your mindset. You know, we can all have a budget that is customized to what we're bringing in. Yes. Right. That's really at the end, at the end of the day, where what matters is doing with the money that you're getting. It's mm -hmm. not when you make more, right? Exactly. We, we society has society has taught us that you graduate college, and then when you graduate college, you land a job, and you're making good money. But now that you're making good money, well, now I'm going to buy a house and a car. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then I'm going to get you know. Next is I got to get a promotion because I want the next level, the next step. And then you do that. And what do you turn around and do? Well, now I want a car with more bells and whistles. And now I want mm. a bigger house. And now you got to worry about how am I going to clean this big house? Oh, my God, this brand new Tesla with all the supposedly bells and whistles actually costs more because not everyone can service it. And like the 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 charging the battery, like we can go on about this. And there's <laughs> really never an end in sight. But yes. that's how society has like we've been brainwashed to believe yeah that. we've been trained for sure and so and so i always bring that up because that's something that it's like no it's 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 in here you need to say you know what i know i can make it i can do this and just make a plan that is fitting for you we don't go to the doctor and say you know what i'm kind of feeling this way give me give me the 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 prescription you gave yovana no right we're always yeah. like looking what is our neighbor doing right keeping up with the joneses yeah no, we should look at you and then we will give you a prescription to what is correct for you right and that's yeah. how it works and it's the same for your finances is we should look at the big picture everybody there's no two that are the same we all have different contributors to our household, to our financial home, and that's what we have to work with. There is no mm -hmm. thing that you're making six digits. We're going to be that. That is that's just a false pretense that we all have. Yeah, yeah, and I also just kind of want to shout out too, like when we, when me and you had worked. Not only did you say that, but it was also like you just pointed it out. It it. it has to do with the individual and like so for me when we sat down and did my budget it was literally like okay what are the things that you can't live without and for me it was traveling like to, mm -hmm. that's where I that's where my money goes is to travel mm -hmm. because I love creating new experiences memories with my friends or my or you know my family and 
I don't really care about eating out. I don't really need that material stuff. Um, that's not me anymore. I've graduated that. I'm I'm past that. Um, but that doesn't mean that like for some people, right, they have to get their coffee every day at a certain place at a certain time before they go into the door. Like that's cool for them. That's that mm-hmm. that's their priority. Um, my priority when we sat down was like, I, I travel at least like four times out of the year. So I just can't give that up. So giving people hope and letting them know like you don't have to give up everything. You just have to learn how to manage it and be able to work with what you have. Like you just said, work with what you have now. That doesn't mean you won't be growing in the future. We can even kind of predict some some of that stuff, like where you will be in four to five years. But work with what you what you have now, and that doesn't mean that you have to give up all the things that 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 you are, because that's unrealistic too. And then that just leads you down the bad spiral of depression, anxiety, because you're like, oh, ya no puedo salir para nada. You know, I have to save every penny, and it's like, no, that's that's not how you live either. Yeah. Um, Okay. And so last question that we have for you. Um, Well, first and foremost, thank you so much for your time and sharing your expertise and resources con la comunidad of making making leader moves. We really appreciate it and all you do for Latinas and their general financial well-being. How can our leaders follow you and keep up with what you are doing um, and what you have coming up? Yes. Um, so thank you. Keep up with me on Instagram, Latinas Who Trade. Follow me on LinkedIn, Yoli and Valencia. You can follow me and um, also Facebook, Yoli MV. And I do have a website that will be launching soon. So um, stay tuned for that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, let me see. I also know that you have um, a book that you're also working on. So did you want to talk about that um, and then what that book is going to entail? Yeah, so right now I am writing the Latinas in Real Estate book, which will be coming out in May. And mm-hmm. um, and then I also have another book that is will be coming out later this year based on growing our wealth as um based on the experience that I went through as I was um, helping my parents. Like my dad recently retired and we wanted to make sure that everything was in order, right? The importance of estate planning, the importance of retirement planning. I know you and I talked about like a transfer of death instrument for real estate. And so those are, there's a lot of information that our community is not aware of. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm writing a book based on that and the experiences that we have as first generation, as our parents, as migrants. So really excited, lots lots happening. And then also if you're somebody that wants to have a conversation on how to grow your wealth or how to get started, um, reach out to me at latinaswhotrade at gmail and we can connect. Ooh, exciting, exciting. I can't wait for that. Yeah, I know me and you had talked about it because my parents, I mean, my mom's there. She's going to be there like very soon within the next two, three years. My dad still has a ways to go because my mom's a cougar, but that's for a whole nother episode um, and how important it is to help them, especially with us being first generation 
and them and having to help them learn those ropes um, and both, you know, your parents and you going through that journey together. So I know those books will definitely be helpful for a lot of our listeners here. Yoli, amiga, thank you again so much for sharing tu tiempo y tu knowledge. I will see you actually next week in La Bella Isla de Puerto Rico um, in our workcation. So I cannot wait. Um, and for all of those who have joined, thank you so much for listening. I hope you were able to receive the gems of knowledge that were dropped in today's episode. Don't forget to leave a review, five estrellitas, por favor, and join the online community Making Leader Moves on Facebook as well as Instagram. If you do have a question, send me your questions to makingleadermoves at gmail.com. Gracias once again, and I will catch you in the next episodio. Abrazos, besos y cariño familia. Chao. Till next time.